This is the Uptake Podcast with your host, John Taylor. I've become one of those people that can never remember where they put their glasses down. I'm constantly yeah, putting them down because I can't, I can't read with them on. Right. I can see you with them now that they're on. But now if I look down oh, at this so you stuff. Need, you need distance. Yeah, I need this for distance. Right. Which means you're nearsighted? Correct. Why do they do that the opposite? It's not the opposite. Nearsighted. You can see things that are near. I'm, right. I'm sighted so I can see things that are near. <laughs> Farsighted. I can see things far away. I don't think it's the opposite. I think it's sort of the opposite. Usually when you have a problem, you say. What the problem I'm is. I'm unfarsighted. Right. Yeah, that's like, the way. That's much so, easier. So right, you don't say like, "Hey, my hands are great." Well, what's wrong with your leg? Oh yeah, that's broken too. Okay, but this is we're right? talking about your vision. Right. Yeah, but you don't say like, about... "This part of my vision works great." Yeah, they're saying what you can do. Yeah, but there's a lot of things you can't do. You're just like, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. And you, you're not saying what the problem is. You're saying what the problem isn't. How would you it say just... it then? What's your what's in your perfect world? How do we talk about your vision? Uh, I can't see far stuff away, stuff far away. I can't, I can't see, see f- stuff far away. <laughs> that whole Why sentence. Why wouldn't you just say? I that's what you say. Like, so are we doctor? In such I a need hurry. a prescription for I can't see stuff far away. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> are we in such a hurry that you have to shorten it down to say nearsighted? We shorten everything down. Right. Efficiency. Is that really saving us the time to get on with the rest of our lives? Instead of describing the problem, I'm going to describe the one thing that isn't the problem. Well, people say and they then have the a- doctor is going to guess everything else. If you couldn't see things far away, do you call it? What do you call that? Unfarsedness. Okay, you're doing great. <laughs> Your way is much better. I would say something around the distance. I would say distantly disabled. Fair enough. But I want you to just over the next week, I find two or three examples of something when something's not working. You describe it by what is working. I think eyes okay. are the only things you do that with. Okay. I'll take that homework assignment. Yeah. I'll think about it. Hmm. And you, you think of a new way to talk about nearsighted and farsighted that's better than what you said. I Because like, what like you the, said was a train wreck. The far vision? I have poor far vision? Yeah, that doesn't sound good. Near vision? Far. Well, there's probably a science word for it. Nearsighted and farsighted. <laughs> Again, that's describing what's working. That's great. Okay. I'm nearsighted. Yep. I'm proud of you. Okay, sorry. We should probably. I, I, uh, I got I got off on a side track there. Yeah, <laughs> we should. <laughs> well, let's get this thing started. Let's go. Hey, John. Hey, David. Hello. Thanks for coming back. I'm happy to be back. This is fun. Since the last time we spoke, I understand you were in Panama. Yes, yes. I uh, took a, a week vacation with my family. Went back to where we grew up, and. Um, it was fantastic. Great country. A lot of fun. Um, beautiful jungle. Uh, it's an interesting country because there's also very, um, a lot of, uh, there's a big dichotomy between very wealthy and then very, very poor. So Panama City on the Pacific side, very uh, wealthy, a lot of banks, big city, very um, modern. Atlantic side, not as much development, a lot of abject poverty. Um, So that was difficult to see going. I grew up there. It's difficult to see some of that. But then you get to the interior of the country where we we were able to go north uh, of the Panama Canal, a place called El Valle. And the countryside is still just beautiful. Um, Some of the, the natives that live there just seem to have a really laid back perspective on life and you think ah this is really nice now when when did you live there you were born in panama so i was born there um and um in 69 and then lived there till 83 so about 14 years yeah yeah and it's a good time good place to grow why were you why was your family down there um i was there specifically because that's where my parents were seemed like a good place to be born (laughs) it worked out yeah it worked out um, they went down to, for a visit, um, several children before me, and um, just fell in love with the country and stayed. 
So I'm the youngest of seven. Six of us were all born down there. And uh, so they were civil dependents, which which means they worked for the Panama Canal Company. And that was the U.S. company that actually ran the Panama Canal and collected fees and kept it running. So my father was a police officer. My mother was a nurse. And um, we just lived on in citizen housing there. Yeah. Is that like a is that like a like a military base or barracks style thing, or was it just a neighborhood? It was a neighborhood. It was it right outside of the military bases, so we weren't on the military bases. There were several military bases there, and we lived right outside. Um, and every community had um, it was like a small town you'd see in say like a classic artificial memory of the 50s right you had a clubhouse you had a theater you had a commissary an elementary school in the neighborhood hmm. a couple of churches firehouse a lot of americans there yes so that was that was mostly all americans and then there were several uh, international families there too so i knew i, I had several friends from uh, europe and um, I think they came and were working either for the Panama Canal or in the school system. And so it was a great exposure to a lot of parts of the world right there. And then because of the shipping coming through, you there was a lot of industry as well. Although during our trip down there, we were pretty convinced that our parents <laughs> were just coming up with ways to get rid of at least one or two of us. I don't think they ever had plans for all seven. And you think about the things they let us do, like in the canal, there's a, um, like as a ships transit the canal from one side to the other, there's a large lake where they may wait and take turns to get through the canal as it gets backed up. And we would get in little canoes and paddle out to these ships, huge cargo ships, and uh, ask them to throw down beer cans and stuff because they're international and from all around the world, we, everybody collected international beer cans. Hmm. And I would never imagine letting my kids do anything close to anything like that. Paddle out to a shipping right. channel and have garbage thrown at them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Buy some strange foreigners on a cargo ship from who knows where. Yeah. And then, you know, little things like for my 10th birthday, here's a machete. Be out of the jungle before it's dark, you know, and just running around in the jungle with a machete and my friends making trails and. It's just a lot of freedom to having have. a ten-year-old swinging a machete around near their friends doesn't seem like the best plan. It doesn't. We and we would make these forts and these trees way up. You know, you should be climbing up in these trees. This may be a story you have to take out later. That's but okay. We we would get railroad. <laughs> we used to take the ties out of the railroad tracks, and then you'd nail nail them into a tree, and they would make great climbing rungs. Yeah. Well, for trees that were really super high. Wow. It's crazy. Hopefully. My parents were, you know, they were just laid back. and There weren't any derailments as a result, were there? No. <laughs> not as a result. I guess that's not funny. Not as a result. No, there weren't. No. Okay. You know. So there was like real jungle there. I mean, when I think of Panama, I think of that. But yes. this is very jungly. And that's the case. There was Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's funny if you ever get a chance to do this. So I had in my mind this memory of what it was like. And then over time, it sort of fades. And you're like... Well, it could have been that much. Right. So it was interesting to go back and fly in and see the jungle again. And it is that thick and lush and dense that you would imagine, you, you know, you see on the, these movies. Yeah. And when you see it in person, you're like, wow, I just went and walked through there with a machete and cut a trail. As a kid, did you ever encounter like some kind of crazy wild animal situation, a jaguar or a big snake or something? <laughs> no jaguars. Um Mostly monkeys, yeah, howler monkeys in particular. Yeah, and we're in Panama, and um, spider monkeys, or I, I think there were spider monkeys that would climb in the trees, and um, so no, mostly just monkeys. And that's the interesting thing. There wasn't a no significant trauma came out of it for not just my family, but all the kids. Like I was hanging out with friends, we were doing this too. Somehow it was like a, it's almost like this protected zone of. Yeah. Nothing really bad happened. It's amazing. Think about that compared to like raising our kids now, right? Right. We know at all times where our kids are. Yep. They're not even really allowed to walk down to the store by themselves. And here you were up till age 14 running off in the jungle with a machete in a foreign country. I mean, not foreign to you, but from your parents' uh, perspective, a foreign country with potentially wild animals and 
Oh, yeah, we were in a foreign country, and so people, you know, um, local citizens and us, we were intermingling and would meet, and I remember we were laughing because we stopped. We visited our old uh, community where we lived, and there is um, on the just on the outskirts a, a, a farmer's market-like garden. It was We called it the Chinese Garden. It was run by a family, a Chinese family, and um, it was still run and owned, and I think it's just kind of a generation. It was still there. Yeah. But we laughed because not only would we go there to get treats or um, uh, fruit, behind it there was a big metal pipe, and we used to walk out on the pipe and throw rocks in the water because the there were caiman in the water. Oh, caiman's like an al- like right, a crocodile. It's, an al- it's a, like a between a crocodile and an alligator. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, what? Who? <laughs> well, how is this possible? And the the Chinese garden was still there. And um, we went around the back, and here's this big metal pipe, and it's just going Still across there. this uh, drainage creek kind of river. And I was thinking to myself, oh, how do we survive this? But um, the other part of it is that some parts have gotten really run down, and, and yeah. the abject par- poverty was, I think, as an adult, you can appreciate the vast um, valley between the haves and haves not, have nots. I think when you're a kid, you're kind of ignorant to a lot of that stuff. and. Yeah. You just assume everybody in the world is living the life you're living. Yep. But as an adult, you see that and you think, wow, there is some disparity here. That's kind of heartbreaking. Yep. Yeah. Well, I meant to say this when we first started talking, but um, one of the reasons I asked you to come back today is in the interest of science and experimentation, which is one of the themes of this podcast, I thought we'd try a couple of games today. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I'd like to tell you about those. Oh, boy. <laughs> the two games I have in mind are um, called The Name Game. The Name Game. And Guess That Plot. <laughs> They're, both names could probably be improved. <laughs> the Name Game goes like this. At any point during our conversation today, either one of us can call the other a ridiculous name designed to make the other laugh or be just purely insulting. <laughs> just out of nowhere. So we'll just try it. Add an element of suspense. Right. Never know when it's going to happen. It might not happen. All but right. it's sort of a free pass for both of us to call the other one something outlandish. Whatever you want. Like a buzzard brain or something. Whatever you want. I mean, you know, you might want to watch the language on that one. Right. Buzzard is a buzzer. I said buzzer. Okay. Yeah. Much better. Buzzer. So that's game one. Okay. All right. So now I'm going to be thinking about a name. No, don't be distracted. Don't think of a name. But if something just comes to mind, you can let it rip. Again, it's an experiment. We'll see what happens. All right. Maybe maybe this will be a short-lived game. (laughs) Hey, Mr. Plastic CD guy. See? Okay. I see what you're doing. That was just sort of an example. Just throwing it out there. Okay. All right. (laughs) And then guess that plot we'll get to in a little bit. That's more of a game show game. Oh, I thought that was the game. Like, we'll guess that. What's the plot of that game? No. (laughs) But that's a different game. (laughs) Guess the game. Guess the plot of the game (laughs) plot. You were talking about... um, (laughs) You were talking about having lived in Panama until you were about 14? Yes, yeah. Do you remember what that was like to come back at that age? Because I can remember a lot from being 14, 15 years old. Did that, was that a big culture shock to move to the States after living yeah, your whole that, life in Panama? Yeah, definitely. It, yeah, it definitely was. It was, um, I think moving to Tallahassee was um, a good scenario because Tallahassee is not too large. So I didn't get, I wasn't overwhelmed with the city size because the town there where we grew up just wasn't that large. And then a lot of little things culturally were much different. Just uh, we didn't have a lot of TV there. Um, there was Armed Forces television. And um, I think being completely separated from all of your friends, I think that was probably the biggest thing. I um, mean, when you came here yeah. to the States, you didn't, you weren't, you didn't have the kids you grew up with. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like, um, you know, you could take a road trip and go see him again or like, Hey, well, they're down in Orlando. They're a few hours away. We can just drive. It was a whole nother country. You'd have to get a passport and yeah, I had one, but I, you know, it wasn't like I could sneak onto a plane and <laughs> fly down there. Yeah. Right I couldn't go to the Greyhound and be like, first plane, to first 
bus to Panama, please. Panama, right, yeah. Um, so I think I think overall that was probably the most difficult part is just having to, and and in that age range, that's a tough time to yeah to move and reconnect. Everybody's trying to, and especially guys or nobody's looking for new friends. Yeah, and you're starting high school. Starting high school. Yep. So luckily, I played soccer. So that was kind of an in for me. Um, mm-hmm. Played sports, um, and uh, and that's where I connected with, made most of my new friends, and so. But since we it was mostly Americans, I was around, and interestingly enough, Florida State University has a campus in Panama, so a lot of people went to Florida State University in Panama and then transferred up here. So there were a lot of other families in Tallahassee who grew up or had connections to Panama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it had to also be a um, just thinking environmentally. You're here. Mm-hmm. Certainly, there's outdoorsy things to do, but right. you can't, you know, trudge off into the jungle with a machete, like you had done right. in Panama. So right. Imagine the kinds of activities, especially those sorts of things, was a big shift. Right now, you're oh you're yeah, much more suburban, developed. Immediately, have a lot less freedom to just walk around. Um, even just um, just noticing the traffic and the cars and everything else, you just wouldn't hop on your bike and go everywhere like you would in Panama. Yeah. Um, I recall a story you told me once where you were in Panama as a kid and there was some sort of a big like mudslide or hillside that you guys would slide down and yes. to your almost certain death. Yes. And that's what you did on Saturdays or something. <laughs> yes. Yes. We'd make uh, these mudslides um, on the sides of these hills. So uh, the torrential rain would come and you just, you still had to be outdoors playing. So we would find these hills and find these trails. In fact, one time um, I almost cut my arm off on one of those. And I have a big, huge scar on this one. So we were going down and sliding down this mud so much that it started to uh, wear the mud away. It was getting kind of rocky. So you had to run and jump off the hill because this was better. Yeah. Jump past the rocky part, hopefully land on the mud trail and keep going down. Yep. As young boys tend to do you always tried to outdo the guy who jumped before you yep and i took a running leap and jumped off the side of the hill totally missed the trail tumbled hit who knows what and got up and then hit something on the way down and my right shoulder was cut wide open oh no <laughs> so the kids were like well you take him home to his house i'm not gonna take him home to his house i'm not gonna get you. so finally uh, it was just a couple blocks away we went back home Walked in the house. And my mom was mortified. I was covered in mud. I was like, hey, you get out of the house. What are you doing? Right. I was like, mom, my arm. And so she freaked out. <laughs> but then it turned to, she's a nurse. And she's like, oh, well, I got to clean you up before I take you to the hospital because this is embarrassing. Can't bring you so in this way. I had to go back to the back of the house. <laughs> and she's washing me off mm-hmm. and cleaning me up so that we could go to the hospital. I ended up getting uh, about 50 stitches in my arm. Oof. So back on and missed a... Uh, Bow and arrow tournament that summer. Archery. Archery. Bow and arrow. Yeah. I guess what's bow and arrow then? Is that more of that's an aggressive archery. like shooting? I think that's just. Archery is the sport. Archery is the sport. The bow and arrow are, the, are the equipment. That's the equipment. I uh, I played uh, <laughs> soccer cleat and shorts <laughs> also a lot. Yeah. I played uh, I played helmet and, uh, and triangular ball yep. a lot too. You did that. Shoulder pad ball. <laughs> Shoulder pad ball. <laughs> that's how we. That was what we how we did it in Panama. So that was another culture difference. So you you were in archery in Panama. I was in archery. There's uh, lots was, of uh, very violent pastimes with, between the machete and the caiman feeding and the archery and the archery. There's and we <laughs> and we were awful at it because we would try. So the target was right in front of us, okay. and we were young kids. And as soon as the gym teacher or the Per, the adult watching us would look away. We would aim straight up and try to shoot it as far as we could across the field. Mm-hmm. And why would you give a bunch of kids a bunch of arrows? Right. And say question. like, all righty, shoot, just <laughs> shoot the target. That'll be fun. No, we're going to take it to the next level. Like, God forbid a bird fly over. Yeah. Uh, so. uh, <laughs> well, in addition to your, uh, your, your Panama visit, I know in our, our original conversation mm-hmm. you had uh let's say just embarked on a career change just working. shall we say mm-hmm. and you got to take a little time off you got to yeah. be home sort of living the retired life for a I, minute it was pre-retirement and it was it was fantastic i i had anticipated that it might get a little antsy and like oh what am i gonna do but 
I tell you, I think I'm ready for it. <laughs> nope, it was good. Said, nope, I not antsy. <laughs> somebody told me like oh, God, I had like three weeks off. It drove me crazy. I was anxious to get back to work, and I said, not I think me. you might have been doing it wrong <laughs> because I don't know. It was it was it was good. I got to spend a lot of time with um, with my daughter. Taking her to school, making her lunches, just kind of relax, and then getting caught up on some personal projects. So yeah. that was great. Yep. Um, but I think it was driving Marguerite a little crazy. So. <laughs> uh, when are you going to get a job? Yeah. Did you hear that a lot? <laughs> yeah. You don't even have a job. I was like, oof, busy today. <laughs> got a full calendar. Sorry, yeah. I've got to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love to talk more, but. Uh, got to go to shuffleboard. <laughs> um, no, I did some volunteer work. I worked with, uh, did some stuff with Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. And uh, the Pay Center for Girls here in town. Um, so great uh, organization. So that gave me a chance to do those things that I really enjoyed being able to give back and do. Mm-hmm. And then um, I gave in, get went back to work. So I'm back working full yep. time. Yep. Taking what they're given because I'm working for a living. Nice. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, time out. When you lived in Panama? Yes. I can't really make the timeline work because I'm not sure if this was a thing. Okay. But you remember the Van Halen song, Panama? Post-Panama. Ah. Yes, post-Panama. I had this, just this vision of people cruising around the country of Panama. Yeah. Blasting Van Halen's Panama I'm, 24-7. I'm sure they did. I, I missed it. <laughs> missed it by... I. When was that? Must have been eighties, later eighties. Yeah, maybe. late eighties, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, I thought Lance. that was about our life. Though I was like, "Oh, he's singing our song. Yep. He's making fun." David Lee Roth. Yeah. Mm. Good man. Yep. Anyway, time in. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So then, then you had to go back to work. So went back. To, I'm going back to work. I I've got a. I'm working now again uh, with the state, doing helping them do some reorganization. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it is what it is. It's work. Yeah. I had an interesting conversation with my, with my friends last night, though. I was having a philosophical dissonance. Dissonance? I don't know. But things weren't connecting quite right with <laughs> Okay. Me. That we are the only species that take our kids and send them to an educational institution so that they can get a job, so that they can buy the things that they want. But everybody, every other species just does it by instinct, right? Like, I'm a bee, I make honey. What would happen if like the bees started sending their little larvae to school to get smarter? Would they start building like really intricate thing? Would they start farming other things besides pollen? <laughs> That's a good question. Right, so I'm, I, it's <laughs> like the institution of school, the idea of taking your little ones and saying, okay, don't trust your instincts. We're going to send you off and they're going to teach you stuff. Yeah. Well, I think that would have to do with the fact that our daily activities extend beyond the home now. Right. At a point in time when we didn't have schools, you could learn everything you needed from your parents and your siblings because that's all you needed to know how to do, right? Right. Whether that was hunting and gathering or, you know, so small scale farming, you could just do it all there. Like you'd live your whole life with those skills, I think. And then once we started to develop, you know, uh, sort of societies that took advantage of community and um, larger scale agriculture, for example, you had to go elsewhere to learn all the stuff you might need to know. What is that? Is that, are humans the only species that have that drive to be better? Like the polar bears are like, nah, laying on the snow is good enough for me. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a survival thing, right? It's not a, I don't know if I'd say it's to be better. It's, but we could have been surviving fine on agriculture sure, but, forever. But our, I think our drive is to also multiply. And um, the more of us, the better is probably right. wired into kind of everything, right? And, so, and we just happen to have the facility to do it on a right. large scale using culture and technology and community. So you think if maybe the polar bears ever learned about like the school institution, they'd be like, oh, we could do that. And then our baby pups could be better. Sure. But they just don't. The only time it's going to happen is when Planet of the Apes becomes real. Oh, because that you think that'll be the next species that learns about community education and like it's on. uh Have you seen these movies? That could happen. That is, uh, yeah. You give chimpanzees uh, just a little bit of an edge. They get, they get, they get their stuff together. They learn how to hold a gun. 
they learn how to ride horses. I've seen it in the movies, yeah. man. Then we're all dead. So there was some point where in our evolution, it went beyond just, I'm happy we're surviving to, we can make this better. Like every other species seems to be in the, I'm just happy we're not dead yet. I don't think that, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, far be it for me to, it's beyond my very, very limited uh, knowledge uh, and education, but I would guess this that- This is all speculation. Yeah, we have the same basic drive that other species do, which is to multiply uh -huh. and survive and to raise our young. And But see, I think we also want to make it, like there's something about us that wants it to be better than what we have. Like there's not a contentment that maybe other animals have, like bees. Like, yeah, they're not I, trying to make the hive process better. They're just trying to the, keep that going. I think the difference is capability. I don't think it's a drive thing, honestly. That's right. my personal opinion. I think right. it's that we are capable of doing more sophisticated things. I think you're you're human centric. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I think I am. Okay, so I'm just not saying it was very rational thinking. <laughs> I'm just saying there was. Were you, what were you doing with your friends when you had this discussion? Was there anything involved we were... that we should know about? <laughs> no, no. Was there we any, just... any accelerant? A... Any, we had a beer and we were sitting accelerant? and talking at the bar, and I was, uh -huh. and I just. I just thought it was interesting. Did all of your friends find excuses to leave? Yeah. It got pretty barren <laughs> at that point. Like, oh, oh what's that? A honey? Oh. Oof, I think I need to use the bathroom. My cell phone is calling me for something. <laughs> just, I yeah, just I think it's know. interesting, right? We're just so different than... Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I think that there's environmental pressures that we were responding to when wow. we were um, developing as human beings. Right. And so we had predators. There were droughts, there was storms, there's all kinds of things that we had to yeah. combat. And so we found better ways to do that. One way was to be to get into groups. Right. We could protect ourselves from whatever the dangers were, or pool our resources or whatever. Right. And then okay, bigger and bigger groups, that seems good. Oh, now we have other groups we're competing with. How do we outcompete those groups? To me, that's all survival. Right. And that's, that's all survival stuff. So it's not I even a thought of so, let's make it's sort it, of like it's uh, not contentment or not. It's I want to I'm just, we're just surviving. Right. And that's a it's way like to I do it. It's like a herd of pachyderms. They do that, right? Did you say pachyderms? <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah, like herd, but, but we're, we're not different than others like that. I mean, they, right. Some, that's my point. They're animals, but they, they, again, I don't think they're thinking like next level stuff that we have come up with to make our lives more complicated. Like I can't go from I'm hungry to I will just go out and forage for food. We've made it so complicated that I'm hungry. I have to have had enough formal education to generate enough revenue to go out and purchase food. Right? Right. So all those extra steps in between, we've created as artificial barriers between every other species, which is... But wouldn't you is say... Is that better? Yeah. I mean, I just think it's relative. It, it, you could look at a um, quote-unquote lower life form. Right. You know, some sort of insect. Right. And compare them to the behavior of a pack of wolves. Mm -hmm. The wolves seem much more organized. Right. You would say that they're going to a lot more trouble. They have a small society, right? Right. They help each other Definitely. raise the pups. They collaborate to bring down big game. Right. They fight other packs. That seems way more quote unquote complicated than maybe the life of a beetle. Right. But I think that's the same is true for us versus the wolves, right? It's just a relative step. We're way more complicated than the wolves are. According to sort of what you just said, we have all these machinations we go through. Right. But by comparison, the beetle looks at a wolf the same way if it was thinking a bit of things like that, right? It probably does. Like, why are the wolves, what are they doing? Yeah, I beg to differ, Dave. <laughs> you don't think so? They're not sitting around a bar going, hmm, you know, I got to be honest with you. <laughs> Dave, Seems you real complicated. Head, you big old dumb-dumb. Playing the game? Trying. That okay. wasn't a good one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Doo doo head was not my best work. <laughs> Mr. Socky Man. I like wearing socks. What? <laughs> you can have my shoes and you can have the complete We're real outfit. real bad at that game. I That's what we got is, so this far. Is that good. Socky Man, doo doo head. Okay, that game's done. <laughs> Mr. I'm done with that game, man. <laughs> okay. Touche. Well, I'm glad to hear. There you go. I'm glad to hear you're back at work. Yes. And you've readjusted after being living that retired life i have how long were you uh retired 
uh, three and a half months, maybe? Oh, three yeah. months, just three months. Just yeah. long enough to get used to it. Just long enough to get used to it. And um, hopefully not too long to where I'm so ready to retire, I do stupid things at work and don't care. Get retired? <laughs> yeah, get, re- get, get retired. You done, no, so. you done got retired by somebody. <laughs> but, but it is an interesting perspective. Like, yeah, I go back into work and I appreciate having that free time like there are a lot of things i want to be able to do and i don't want to work for the rest of my life to you know retire a few days before i keel over with a heart attack right agreed there's a lot of there's a lot of fun stuff to be having out there sure well there you go that's what you should work for so there you go early retirement kick back but we've created the work. Why do we do the work in the first place? This is why you're struggling with this. This is idea. why this is my, maybe this is the essence. You're disillusioned of it. with uh, humanity, right? In the daily grind. Why aren't we just enjoying life? What is it all about? Oh boy, I'm becoming a hippie. I was about to say you have become a hippie, my man. I think I might have. Let's just embrace life. Why I like just, this. You hungry? I'll, I'll help you make some food. I got some food over here. What? <laughs> I'm gonna join a commune. <laughs> I love this new side of you. Oh boy! You used to be, used to be a different guy. Now you're hippy dippy Dave. Hippy dippy Dave. That's a little better. Hippy hippy dippy Dave. <laughs> it's a little better. Hey, so here's here's right. the uh, actual game show game. Okay. You want to give it a whirl? Let's. It's, can't be any worse than what we did with the name calling game. Yeah. Well. Um, Maybe it can. <laughs> it could definitely be worse. <laughs> But we'll give it a, we'll give it a shot. We'll make it better. First, uh, before we do that, mm-hmm. let's hear a word from our sponsors. Roger. After hearing about last episode's sponsor, Phil, our newest sponsor is Phil's brother-in-law, who says not to put too much stock in what Phil says, that the guy's not as decent as you might think. Says Phil's brother-in-law, Hey man, if you've got the money to buy ads on podcasts, maybe you could scrounge up the cash to pay me back and come get your tourist before I have it towed. For more details, you can find Phil's bro-in-law parked outside Phil's house or check out his website, philsucks.net. And one of our exciting recent sponsors, Asfeche Jeans. Asfeche, makers of the finest Italian jeans, encourages you to remodel your lower body, otherwise known as your torso's basement. In 2020, redecorate that basement with a great-looking, great-feeling pair of asfeches that will have your friends and family saying, hey, I love what you've done with the place. Buy asfeches and you'll be sporting the jeans known worldwide for quality and class right on your ass. To get your pair today, go to asfechejeans.com, that's A-S-S, F-A-C-E jeans.com. That's A-S-S-F-A-C-E jeans.com. All right, game time. Did you clear up these websites? Clear them up. <laughs> I just read the copy, man. Did they redirect anywhere in particular? <laughs> Don't say anything bad about us feches. They look good, feel great. Hey, I like it. Torso's basement. I thought it was the body pylons. I thought that was what your legs are. Body pylons? Yeah, you're... <laughs> your foot footers. All right, so uh, we're going to give another game a whirl here. Uh, this one's called Guess That Plot. And the way it works is okay. I'm going to give you the name, the title of a television show right. from the 80s. A real title. It's a real title. This is a real show. These are all real shows. Okay. I'm going to give you a title of a real show from the 80s. I'll even give you the year Mm -hmm. of the show if that helps. It's probably going to do you no good at all. And then I want you to guess what you think the basic plot of the show is. The the overall, you know, what is this thing about? And what if I know it? I mean, I might. If you know it, then high five. You can either choose to tell me the real plot or you can make one up. It doesn't matter. Nice. And then we'll hear your plot and then I'll tell you what the real plot was and we'll see how close you got. Okay. Sound all right? Sounds great. All right. First one. Inside Story. This was a show from 1980. Yes. Um, it was a the story of a doctor who was um, doing... His responsibility was exploratory surgery. You know, they, they, things are going wrong with somebody. They're not sure what's going on. 
this doctor would do the exploratory surgery and give you the inside story. And then the other doctors would then know what to do. Okay. So sort of like ER. Right. Like an ER sort of thing. So yeah. well, I don't know where these pains are coming from. The x-rays show nothing. We're going to have to do exploratory surgery. To get Good the thing. inside story. We'll know the inside story. Okay. It's not terribly wrong. <laughs> inside story was about Slim Goodbody, who was a man, and look this up, everybody, if you don't believe me, because the imagery is fantastic. Oh <laughs> Slim Goodbody was a man in a form-fitting anatomy suit who teaches kids about being healthy, what hospitals and doctors are all about, <laughs> and the human body. Real education. We're trying to help the kids understand their body and health. And it's a dude in a form fitting is the right word. Like imagine, you know, a form fitting. So we were talking about the inside of the body. Exactly. His though has Mm -hmm. painted or drawn on the suit has all the organs and everything. So he looks like a see-through guy. If you took those two things together, you could probably make an even better show. So you had a doctor who was not wearing a form fitting suit, but actually cutting bodies open and showing kids like, well, see, this is the, well, here, here's an idea. Here's your liver. Why aren't we doing this? We should have the form-fitting anatomy suit. When you go in for surgery, everybody has to put that on because then there's no question for the doc about where to cut. Right. Oh, you Where's put it the on liver? The, on I the just patient? look on the outside. Here's the guide. Cut here. Whoops. That's not where the spleen is. Look on the... Uh, <laughs> I thought you were talking about mat. like all the doctors and nurses wearing that. Oh, So yeah. the patient feels good. Well, I mean, you could like, wear them all the time or... under your clothes. In the event of an emergency, you're always ready. The EMT strip off your sweatsuit, and underneath you got the slim good body one piece leotard <laughs> diagram. Go to the next level. Little sensors on your skin, and so where it hurts, it lights up that that body part on the suit. Sure. So the doctor is like, "Where does it hurt, sir? You don't have to say anything." Just oh, look. I see your spleen hurts by your inside suit. There you go. Indicator. All right. That's a great uh, moment for us to go to the next one. So Inside Story, pretty good. Actual actual show. Again, you can Google it. Uh, it was starring a guy named John Burstein. Right. Don't think I will. He was my man in the, in the super skin tight anatomy suit. All right. Let's pick another one. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. The next one's called The Phoenix. It's from 1982. If this helps you at all. It only ran for four weeks before it was canceled. <laughs> but then, see, that's the interesting thing. I know where you're going. That was Don't the interesting thing. Yeah. Oh, no. There it, was not it another It flamed one. out, right? Okay. But then two weeks later, poof, came it. back as uh, <laughs> the man in black. Let's try a do-over on that one. No. The Phoenix, 1982, ran for four weeks. Right. Name that plot, David. Go. That was the show that flamed out after four weeks. I need the plot, though. Uh, the plot of it was uh, reincarnation. It was all about reincarnation. Okay. And um, it was actually um, filmed in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. Around a fire pit. Okay. And they talked about the idea of reincarnation. And uh, after four weeks, they realized, wait, we don't know what we're talking about. So these were these were like uh, scientists and philosophers like debating it, right? Sort debating of, it, and you're right, like a talk show. But, uh, yeah, 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 mm. yeah. And no. like I said, flamed out after four weeks, but came back two weeks later as a new show. What was the new show called? Uh, the Men in Black. No, not no, even close. Not does. <laughs> All right, so the Phoenix. Buckle up, because it's take a second. Okay. This again, a real show, the Phoenix was about blonde-haired, blue-eyed Bennu of the Golden Light, who was an ancient extraterrestrial, who was awoken from his sleeping place in Peru. He was socially responsible, very enlightened, kind, nonviolent. Socially responsible? He was sleeping in Peru. And environmentally aware. He had some special abilities, like superpowers, where uh-huh. he could perform telekinesis. Mm-hmm. He had the power to levitate. And he had all those powers because of a special phoenix amulet. You know what an amulet is? Yes. Uh, yeah. Mm. Like a yeah, yeah like necklace. a necklace with a thing on it. 
and emulate on it. He wore, which got its powers from the sun. <laughs> I'm not making any of this up, I promise. His main goal was to find his mate, Mira, who came from the planet Eldebron. <laughs> so I guess that's where he was from, too. Eldebron? And without her, he really didn't have any clue what his mission on Earth was supposed to be about. Meanwhile, we the evil the- Justin Preminger was a man who wishes to capture Bennu. And we don't really know whatever happened to any of these characters because after four weeks, this thing was in the can. <laughs> so that's, that's the Phoenix. They had some good stuff back then. I'm imagining Owen Wilson for some reason. You know how he kind of had that the... feel if you ever saw like the, uh, what were the supermodel movies? Ben Stiller. Uh, oh. Oh my goodness. But he plays sort of the right, yeah, yeah, yeah. the hippy dippy David of that movie right. where he was uh, ha- like uh, Hans. What is this? Hansel. Uh, Hansel was his character name. Uh, he was a model when he was a hippie. France. Yeah. But Owen Wilson was the blonde haired blue eyed. Anyway, yeah. doesn't matter. All right. So let's try another one. You ready to try another <laughs> the one? A lot of that one. This one, too. this one you're yes. going to get for sure. Okay. I'd be surprised. Oof. I think I've been pretty, pretty You didn't off, know this so one. Fun. You're. Oh, for two so far. Well, but... I think the first one I was pretty close because it was it was about the insides. Fair enough. We'll give you that. Okay. We'll give you half a point. Thank you. This next one right. is later. It's from Late 1989. 80s. So this Ooh, one recent. you might actually know. Yeah. Hard time on planet Earth. <laughs> I'm going to give you another hint. It's fiction. So it's not so, some sort of nature show. No, it's not, it's not a documentary. It's not a prison show. It's not a prison I wasn't sh- about to say it's prison doing hard time no, on planet Earth. It's it's not a, it's it's fiction. Hard time on planet Earth 1989 go. It's a show about um this fictitious rock family and uh they're you know meeting other uh you know other kinds of rocks mm-hmm. uh you know um minerals sure. Uh why is that guy get to be a diamond? He's so hard-headed. Oh, okay. Uh, right. Yep. Lots of jokes like that. <laughs> You're, yeah, right. You don't even understand. You're porous. This is going right through you. This is like a sitcom then. This is a sitcom. Yeah, it's like a rock family. It's like the one what they did with the dinosaurs, except they tried this one out first, which is kind of a different what rock. What sitcom did they have about dinosaurs? It was called Dinosaurs. What? what? This you is don't remember show? that? You don't no. remember they were puppet dinosaurs? You don't remember that whole thing? A sitcom? Yes. Not a kid's show? No, it was on for several seasons. Dinosaurs. You don't remember that? No, not at all. Okay, can we put it on pause and look that up? We will look that up later. <laughs> You're not getting so, off the hook with a hard time on hard time. Earth. No, no, it was, so a, it's it a was sitcom, a rocks, a core family of, of rocks. Yep. Uh, and they had uh, some uh, volcanic porous rock friends mm-hmm. and some uh, igneous rocks, you know, that sure. came up, you yep. know, and uh, uh, every now and then they'd run into a hard-headed diamond guy and be like, "Oh, you just you're so stuck in your ways. You need to be more flexible." Yep, not it at all. Nope. Nope. I like to try, though. That was pretty... Come on. Okay, so hard time on planet Earth. But could we make a show like that? Let's just... Let's, okay. Yeah. It's, let's put that one in development. Put it. Put a pin in it? A rock, yeah, rock sitcom. Geology themes. Right. Everybody loves those nowadays. And, you know, you just go in and you say, I've got one that rocks. <laughs> it's going to be hard to pass on this one. Yeah. Okay, hard time on planet Earth. You're going to notice a little bit of a theme, but I think this was true of the 80s television shows in general. Right. An alien elite <laughs> military officer served in a huge interplanetary war. Of course. It was terrible. Yeah, it was... And after that war, he was punished for rebelling against his superiors by being sent to live on Earth in a new human form named Jesse. And his human form was, of course, much less powerful than his former extraterrestrial one. Sure. And he was sent along with a um, a chaperone, if you will, who was a floating robot eye named Control. Anybody know this floating robot eye by Jesse? I don't know how they kept that under wraps. (laughs) So Control's job was to keep Jesse's quote-unquote violent behavior in check. Well, they did a lot of creativity on the name for that one. Then. Yeah, they did. And Control had a catchphrase. His catchphrase was, quote, negative outcome, not good. 
<laughs> what a laugh right this show must have been. We were brain dead back then. So each episode, Jesse reluctantly helped people in need. He learned about Earth from TV shows, so that skewed his sense of culture. He eventually became fond of the goodness and the good people he encountered. Yeah, we want so that was over. hard time on planet Earth. We want him over. Yeah, it feels it's got a little bit of a Michael Landon whiff to it. You know what I mean? The the angel one, right? Yeah. What was that one? What was that show called? We're terrible. Gosh, fallen, we fallen angel or yeah, no. fallen angel. Was it? Yeah, absolutely. Very sad song. Yeah, all the time. Fallen though. angel, starring Michael Landon. <laughs> no, it was. It's, it's called like Heaven Sent. Heaven's Heaven, egg, yeah, heaven right. on Earth. Like, heaven something. It wasn't like uh, evicted from. <laughs> no, it's, I don't think it's any of these names, by the no. way. But I remember the show you're talking about where yeah. he was an angel. Yeah. It's always yeah. a sad song at the end, sort of like the Hulk. That was, was the saddest song at the end. Oh, sure. Da, 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 da. Yep. He's walking away by himself. It was very sad. <laughs> Just <laughs> wants to get along. Well, I, I was thinking as I read about Hard Time at Planet Earth in the 80s, it seemed like there was a. There was a couple of themes in these TV shows because right. they would try TV shows out all the time, right? Because yeah. that was the thing, right? Is right. They would, they would each each uh, new year there was a flurry of new shows that the networks were just trying, mm-hmm. and most of them got canceled, right? Right. But a bunch of them seemed to be about this whole alien fish out of water thing, right? Or superpowers. A couple of them really did well, like a Greatest American Hero. That was that? pretty fun. Yes, that one. Yes. That one lasted for a few it years at did. least, right? But then these other things with, right. you know, an alien, even like uh, going back to Mork and Mindy, probably the first real successful. And so they were trying to duplicate that. Something like that. And later they did it with Alf. Right. Remember Alf? Alf was great. Yeah. Alf was great. He did have uh, that dark side, right? Where he was going to eat cats or something. Didn't he want to eat he, the cat? What? I don't Alf, remember that part. I'm pretty sure he ate he cats. Eat... <laughs> I'm pretty sure I didn't dream that. Well, not every alien is perfect, you know? Just respect them for who they are. What do you think? You want one more of those? Or you you yeah. all out? No, on the no. Game? Let's do one more. One more to let's redeem do one yourself. More. And then I want to talk about. Oh well. Go ahead. Okay, hold on. Hold your horses. What are the themes now? There's so much content now with streaming and stuff, and it seems a little more highbrow. But I mean, superheroes is a big thing. Yeah. So that's that's got the movie thing going, right? So yeah. everything is superhero in the movies. Murderings, right? There's all the CSI shows and people getting killed. Yeah. And maybe that's what that that kind of was big for a while it still is reality shows right reality. people being nasty to each other yeah anyway all right yeah. let's try one That's more much weird see we're making it more complicated we sound just like go a... back to i'm hungry i'm gonna go get food don't start that again i'm just saying all right let me find another one for you because i got a whole list i got a whole list <laughs> cool. oh yeah here's one you're gonna like this one hold on i have faith in you david space alien uh, let me let me get the name out here. Okay. <laughs> All right, this one's called Street Hawk, nineteen eighty five. That's gotta be a space alien. Again, Street fiction. Street I'm gonna okay. give you that hint. Okay. You want another hint, or you want to just go? No, for it? I I already I, I got know this one. I know okay. this one. Yeah. Street it's Hawk. A, it's a city wise bird. Okay. And it's about him, uh, going through and living in Chicago. Okay. And um. Kind of making funny with the people in this one neighborhood. What does making funny mean? uh, He was laughing at all the silliness that they were doing. Oh, gotcha. Yep. Yeah. And uh, he would get caught in hijinks. Like he would uh, take, uh, um, I think one of the guys' name was Michael, his glasses and and move them. And I can't find my glasses. And everybody like, where is my pants? Oh, Street Hawk. Right. Street Hawk. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of bird was Street Hawk? He was uh, a hawk. Yeah. (laughs) He was a uh, no. He was a crow, a hawk wannabe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so it was sort of a. It was his hijinks, you know. It was like, and then every now and then uh, something bad would happen, and he's, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I do know. <laughs> and uh, there was uh, a boy kept, you know. He's like, was that Michael? The crows are calling my name. Call thought to himself. You know, a lot of bird jokes like that. Yeah, I gotcha. All right. That's good. That's real good. Yeah, that was a good one. It's it's super not close. Well, I agree to disagree. <laughs> That's what I saw. All right. So Street Hawk, 1985. Here's the, here's the real plot. Teen idol heartthrob Rex Smith 
who was a bird, starred as Jesse Mock, the bird. And that's Mock, M-A-C-H. Oh. You follow me so far? <laughs> Fantastic 80s heartthrob Mock. name. Jesse Mock. Mock. That's oh, it's awesome. our second Jesse. Got a theme going. Yep. Those people. So heartthrob uh, Jesse Mock was an amateur dirt bike racer and ex-police officer <laughs> who is chosen to test an all-terrain attack motorcycle. His skills as a dirt bike racer come in handy since this motorcycle can travel at speeds up to 300 miles per hour. During the day, Mock worked as a troubleshooter for the police. Mild-mannered. Uh-huh. But by night, he was a crime fighter known as the Street Hawk. <laughs> Though he was considered to be nothing but a lawless vigilante. By, by who? The, I don't know. The police who hired the, him? The, the, the cops? <laughs> Commissioner Gordon? Oh, Street Hawk. Where are my glasses? Street Hawk. <laughs> Jesse Mock. Did he do pranks like that? I, I don't no. know. We'll have to find some old YouTubes, see if we can find Street Hawk. Jesse Mock, though. That's classic. Mm, yeah. Well, there's a bunch more of those, but we'll leave it at that. For now, All I think right. you you did good. You scored a half a point out of four possible points. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's like batting five hundred in baseball. Oh, it's exactly the same mathematically. You know, uh, you also came up with a couple of good story ideas. This is right. one way to develop new shows. Yes, we just right. discovered. Force think, you into coming up with a plot with I don't nothing think but any a name. of those are going to get made anytime. Soon. Although I think the, I like the Rock family. The Rock one's got potential. Yeah. Sing songs, rock, around. The costuming could be outstanding. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I got. I that's can remember I legitimately really liking, there was a couple of like, you know, now there's CSI shows and people like there's a certain right. family of those. There was right. a family of shows that included the SWAT TV show. Do you remember that? Yes. There was another show called Emergency. So SWAT was obviously the SWAT team. Right. As I recall it, Emergency had a pair of dudes right. in the ambulance helping people, and they were a lot like Bo and Luke Duke, right? except EMTs. And then there is Chips Patrol, the famous Chips Patrol. Chips. California Highway Patrol, for right. all of you younger listeners. Right. Look it up. And I remember the three of those shows were all sort of in proximity, and they right. were all about you know the people that serve in our communities, but they always had the dashing, handsome dudes with the real thick hair right. that would come and help people out. And then usually in the off hours, they were playing you know, softball and grilling steaks. And laughing. And uh, putting you back know, a beer or two. When you're watching those things, you're thinking, wow, these are great. But do you step back for it? It's like, it's really the same story. Oh, absolutely. From just, I mean, like one... Car accident, you got three stories going yeah, on. Yeah, they're all the same. Right, they're all the same. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, Chips had the motorcycles. That was cool. Right. You just take the same two guys and put them in different yep. vehicles. And I, as I recall, Chips Patrol also had a little more sexual tension in it. Like you had, uh, you know, they they pull over the attractive lady <laughs> uh, and maybe not give her a citation. You know, we're going to let this one go with a warning, ma'am. And she takes off and then they look at each other and shoot. Oh, them. punch. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> that like, was one of the dude's the next names. Car. <laughs> Can't shoot the next car because no. <laughs> they got to make it even out. Yeah, exactly. You know, like even Steven, you don't want to. Yeah, sure. He just had a taillight out, but to <laughs> even things out with that. Sorry, sorry. Reckless driver from a minute ago that we just <laughs> let off scot-free. We got to shoot his tires out. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I used to love those shows. I did too. They were really exciting. But then when you sit back and you look at them, you're like, well, that was really just the same show. They're stupid. And then they moved it into the hospital. So they went from... Like, uh, here's what's going out on the street, like when we respond to these emergencies, to, all right, now they're in the hospital. Maybe they're going to come up with the next series with, like, they they passed away, and now here's what happens at the mortuary. Oof. Do they have those yet? Well, they did have a show. There was a did real, they? they had a drama called Six Feet Under on HBO. I saw that show. Which was outstanding. Yes. But it's pretty dark, man. Yeah. And then there was another one. What was the other one? Um... Oh, gonna Mr. Rogers. Nope. It was about uh, the uh, the Reaper, the Grim Reaper. The person had to play the Grim Reaper. Oh, sure, Friends. Right? Nope. <laughs> you you don't know the plot of Friends, do you? <laughs> it's about the Grim Reaper. <laughs> He's masquerading as Rachel, <laughs> listen, or maybe listen, Joey. Listen, plotty pants. 
Uh, <laughs> I don't nice. think. Okay, came back around. That wasn't as Booyah, bad as the took ones a little I bit. did. Plotty pants. Because <laughs> that could be a lot good. of things. I think the name game's got to is is done. No, I think we can I, no, do that I think again. It's just that's going to take some time. I don't think we have it in us. You can't force that one. Like that one, it was just there. It just happened because you were trying to throw out these plots, and it was you were obviously awful at it. So you're plotty pants. Yeah, I'm going to say it's one for two. I think the I think guess that. So that's like batting seven fifty in in baseball. Yeah. Exactly. So I think name that plot might have some legs. Right. We'll see. We'll see what the uh, audience says. <laughs> Get <laughs> your it feedback, feedback meter. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, well, good. Fun. I'm glad you're doing great, man. Yeah. It's good to see you again. Things are awesome. After that dramatic cliffhanger from our yeah. first recording where <laughs> you dropped a bomb uh, at the end. That was. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was kind of fun. Yeah. And it worked out great. I had a, it was a great break and things just kind of work out the way they're supposed to, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Sometimes they do, don't yeah. they? So. Well, thanks for coming over. Spending time with me. Always a pleasure. We laughed. Can't. Cried. Kissed an hour. Goodbye. Kissed an hour. Goodbye. <laughs> of some other people's time too. God oh, bless them if they made you. it this far. I am so <laughs> sorry. Terrible <laughs> recording. <laughs> Maybe you can shorten it up. Just cut out the middle part and the beginning. <laughs> And the end. Maybe that part near the end. This part? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Well, thank you, David. Appreciate thank you being here. Thank you. The Uptake was brought to you today by Phil's brother-in-law and Esfeche Jeans. And as always, was recorded on fine Sanderson microphones. Thanks again to David for being here. And thanks to Kevin McLeod for the music in today's podcast. Also... Credit for some of the information and name that plot goes to Real Rundown and Wikipedia. We'd love to hear your feedback. Email us at uptakepodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at uptakepodcast. Stay tuned for a few bonus clips from my conversation with David. Thanks for listening. So again, what would you say? What's the word? Would We're say, getting rid of farsighted and nearsighted. This is right. If you from can't scratch. see something, if you can't, your vision is bad, farsighted. You would say, "I have bad far vision." Far vision. Okay. My far vision is low. I am inadequately far visioned. I can see the medium visioned, near visions. The wow, far visioned is no. I'm dyslexic okay. and farsighted. Thanks. Now we had know what all my problems are. Is dyslexic someone where you mix the numbers up? Is I don't think dyslexic is anything. I think that's a a car. Oh, oh no, that Lexus, not this. <laughs> I think it's dyslexia. I think that's the thing dyslexia. you're trying to say. Yes. Yeah. Does that work with numbers too? <laughs> Have you been drinking? Just... <laughs> are you okay? Some oh. <laughs> things I think about. Fair enough. For more details, you can find Phil's bro and law parked. Let me try that again. Bro and law sounded weird. A <laughs> little sing song to it. Bro, bro and, and law. law. <laughs> hey, ooh. see the glasses. I don't know. On off. Well, are you are you? Uh, don't do it. Unfarsighted. Okay. Unfurthered. Seasoned. This disfarded. Why don't you take a few plays off? I just. Go to the bench for a minute. Coach is going to call you back in. I'm trying to describe. <laughs> when we're ready for you. Get so, some Gatorade. <laughs> put a towel over your head. <laughs> so you can't see that paper. I guess your shoulders are fine. <laughs> That's how I would describe it. You did have a lot of time off, didn't you? I did. A lot of time to think about things. In 2020, redecorate that basement with a great looking, great peeling... <laughs> That's a good one. Though. Great feeling. It, it kind of works for patience. jeans, I guess. <laughs> Footers. Let's try that again. <laughs> In 2020, redecorate that basement with great-looking, great-feeling pair of. This they, one's gonna be a W. Are they are they body pylons? <laughs> Torso pylons. All right. Third Sorry. time's the charm. We need a catchphrase. Like, we need a catchphrase. Like a pew pew. Heck yeah, we do. Whoop. Catchphrases are cool. Yeah.
I'll pod you later. <laughs> From our our mouths to your ears. No, that is one. Somebody's no. got that already. Keep, keep podding on. Reach for the stars and keep your feet on the ground. It's podlicious. That's one. Somebody's already got yeah, that one. That one's. Can we make, can we make up a word? <laughs> you did already. Pod, you made up like seven words cast. today. I'm gonna cast out of here. Catch you on another cast. That's a good one. <laughs> Let's castastic. <laughs> till we. Till you know we what's not bad? Again. That word. Sorry. I don't know. I was trying to get another one of those things like where you describe how you can't see by what you can see. So I was no, trying to say, do this no, again. yeah, I'm going to say do it again. that here's a word. <laughs> All of this has gone pretty good until that happened. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> what was one you came up with? I'll catch you. Catch you. Cast you later. Catch you on the next pod. When you cast. See you on another cast, pod. Cast. Hear you later. Cast, that doesn't make any sense at all. Cast away. Here, nice. Bon voyage. Cast off. You have to kind of connect the dots on that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> you got to do a cruise ship sound. Cast away. Uh, and I heard that. Get off your phone, Holmes. That's not a good one. <laughs> what about I heard that? <laughs> Catchphrase. I heard that. You can use it around the house. Yeah. You can use that all the time. Hey, hon, can you pass the potatoes? I, I heard, heard that. that. <laughs> and so it said. Let's try this for a week. We're both going to have to force in our our new catchphrase. <laughs> I heard that. Yes. All the time. All the time. My <laughs> boss is going to love that. Where's the report? <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. All right. I'm going to stop this foolishness. <laughs>